Um, there's a, a lot of symbols that are associated with peace over the course of time. And uh, three of them here on the screen, we have the uh, one in the lower right-hand corner. How many remember that peace sign when you were growing up? Anybody? And uh, the one on the hand, and then, of course, the olive leaf and the dove. Well, what we know is the peace sign was first developed by a British artist and activist named Gerald Holtham in 1958. The emblem was based on flag semaphore movements for two letters, N, with two flags pointed down at angles, and D, one flag straight up and one straight down. And the letters stood for nuclear disarmament. Holtham also said the design was personal, as it represented a person with hands outstretched in despair. The symbol was used in Britain to protest the making of nuclear weapons. When it was brought to North America, it was used for broader purposes in the civil rights movement, later as an anti-war symbol for those who opposed the Vietnam War. Well, the two fingers raised in a V actually started as a sign of victory, not peace, Resistance fighters in German-occupied territories used it as a symbol of strength during World War II. British Prime Minister Winston Churchill adopted it to stand for the English victory, and it eventually came to stand for the end of the conflict. Later in the 1960s, it was adopted as an anti-war symbol by Americans who opposed war. The dove and the olive branch, the image was used in many traditions throughout history, But the Christian symbolism comes from the Old Testament account of Noah, who sent the dove in search of land after the great flood, and the dove returned holding an olive branch, indicating the waters are receding and land was near. It was really a sign of the promise of peace after the storm of God's judgment. Now, while we can appreciate, uh, or while we can immediately associate peace with these symbols, none of these symbols were born out of peace. All these images came about because of a desperate need for peace in the midst of conflict and unrest. Humans were desperately wanting peace, even though there was no peace. Peace is really defined as freedom from disturbance, quiet, and tranquility. But it's often in situations that are exactly the opposite that we most recognize our need for peace and the power the peace of God provides. We see peace most clearly, not in the absence of noise, suffering, and conflict, but in the midst of it all. This is the world that Jesus came into. We all know the song Silent Night conjures up calm, soothing, peaceful images in our mind. It's often a worshipful three-minute respite in the midst of our hectic holiday preparations. But that original Silent Night was not actually very silent. The world was, at, was not at peace. There was, there was a divide between God and people. There was conflict among families and nations. There was political tumult and Roman oppression in Israel. There was demanding physical travel forced on Mary and Joseph by Roman politicians. And there was unrest in the hearts of many. But in the midst of all of this, Jesus came as the Prince of Peace. Jesus the Messiah was and is 
many things that the prophet Isaiah foretold he would be. For to us the child is born, to us the son is given, Isaiah 9, 6. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But it's important for us to remember that Jesus is not just a symbol of peace. He is peace. Not just a symbol that we can somehow portray or draw or print or whatever. He is peace. And the Prince of Peace offers us the gift of peace this Advent season. This is part of his original birth announcement made by the angels in Luke chapter 2, verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. It's been here the past few weeks, you know that we've been on a journey through the season of Advent, talking about the gifts of Christmas. And as we unwrap each week one of the gifts, we've unwrapped hope and love. The word Advent means coming or arrival. The season is marked by expectation, waiting, anticipation, and longing. It's not just an extension of Christmas. It is the season that links the past, the present, and the future. And Advent really offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah, to celebrate his birth, and to be alert for his second coming. Soon we'll mark the day that Christ has come, or at least we remember the day that he's come, even though December 25th is not the day. I hope you understand that. It's, but we mark the day as his arrival. But <clears throat> he is among us. He is in us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Now, friends, even as believers, we all know every one of us needs to experience over and over again that Jesus is our peace. He is our peace. He's broken down every wall. He is our peace. We sing it. We, we read the scriptures. We know it. We love Jesus. We serve him. We live for him. And yet, friends, we really know every day, and sometimes more than every day, we need him as our peace. I don't know about you, but I need him as my peace. Life gets hectic. Life gets, like, sometimes seemingly out of control. And you just kind of have to say, stop, <laughs> I want to get off. And, and just say, Jesus, you are my peace. And pause and begin to reflect upon what that really means. What an appropriate time and season to recognize Jesus as our peace. Really, our world is not so much different from the one Jesus stepped into over 2,000 years ago. We're certainly more technologically advanced, but our fast-paced High-tech capabilities, in many ways, have added to our anxiety. They've added to our stress. They've added to our fatigue at a relentless pace of life. The scenery and the process of daily life looks very different, but still, we strive and struggle to subsist and exist. At this time of year, in our own province, there's many people who are finding it difficult to experience peace in the midst of turmoil. 
the stories you hear and the people you talk to, some of them are heart-rending of what they're having to go through. And for many people, the Christmas season is not one of joyous expectation. It's one of remembering hardships. It's one of remembering divorces and separations and deaths and remembering some of the things that we sometimes would like not to remember in the way that they happened. It's not always, for people, a time of great peace. Questions come to mind and, and thoughts and anxious moments and all kinds of things that occur within a person's mind and body. But even through it all as believers, I think we all need to be reminded that in the midst of the storm, he is my peace. In the midst of your storm, he is your peace. It's like, he's like the one that gets us back on track and back on pace and back our focus again if we will just allow his peace to fill our lives. And we have so very much to be thankful for in our lives, in our community, in our country. Peace can and does easily get squeezed out of our ongoing lives. For instance, it doesn't take a lot sometimes to happen in our day for us to seemingly lose our sense of peace. For instance, maybe it can be just that person on the way to work tomorrow and you're focused on your driving and they're not focused and they cut you off just as you finish singing hallelujah and all of a sudden your peace is gone. And I mean those are maybe trivial little things but perhaps you arrive at work to find out that your job has come to a conclusion. Or maybe you get a phone call or an email or text or letter that brings news that was not really anticipated or expected or looked forward to. And all of a sudden you feel the storm. You feel lost in the woods. You feel darkness perhaps closing in. And I believe there's times, friends, we have to intentionally, intentionally, call out to the God who's our peace and choose peace over anxiety and turmoil and distress, stress and all the things that are accompanied with life. Does it necessarily change the circumstances situation? No. But it changes our perspective of the situation and circumstance. Yet I still believe that God is a God of miracles and God can do whatever he wants to do. Think about this. Have you ever been somewhere that suddenly got very quiet? <clears throat> Maybe you're in a building where all of a sudden the electricity goes out and the buzz of the lights and the computers and the appliances is silenced. Or maybe you've been outdoors, if you can still remember what summer is like. You're outdoors and maybe you're camping, whatever, and you hear the crickets. And that's about all you hear is the crickets. And maybe a little chirp of a, a late night bird or whatever. And all of a sudden, there's silence. The crickets have stopped. Sometimes we don't even recognize the noise all around us until it suddenly stops and we hear the silence. Maybe a great exercise would be for us sometimes as Pentecostal and charismatic people 
is just try to experience two or three minutes of silence. You know what it's like on Remembrance Day when there's two minutes of silence? It seems like an eternity. We're not used to silence. We're not used to quiet. We're not used to just kind of pausing and like time out for a, a few minutes and just allow silence to envelop us. And you know, we don't even recognize how, how busy and noisy and fast-paced things are until everything comes to a halt. Same can be true for peace in our lives. Sometimes we're so used to the hustle and bustle that we don't even notice the noise, the chaos, and the unrest until it's gone, until we take time to experience peace and allow God to silence the other noises in our life. It's not a, it's not a bad thing for us during this Advent season. Is sometime during these next couple of weeks is just to find a place by yourself and just experience some silence and allow the silence to remind you of the peace of God that just sort of envelops you and puts you into this sort of, I hesitate, hesitate to say cocoon, but just wraps around you. And it seems like in that moment, nothing can touch you. It's almost like the, the armor of God. It's almost like the protection of God. If he is my peace... He's my protector. He's my shield, my rear God. He's everything. He is my peace. Take time to reset your heart and mind, to be still and listen and wait. Peace is a gift that we need to unwrap. And we need to unwrap it often because probably everybody in this room, Christmas is perhaps one of the most hectic times of life. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not really a fan of the mall. When I go Christmas shopping, I generally go on Christmas Eve during the day. I know what store I'm going to. I've already got it in my mind, what I think I'm going to get. And I'm in, and I'm out, and they hardly know I was there. I'm not a, in this store, that store, this store, that store. That would, be, that, that would make me be like a, a bull seeing a red flag. I need to just go in and get out. Malls stress. I think it's the lighting in malls. Maybe it's the music. I don't know what it is. When you get into a mall, you just sort of get a headache. And all those people, and I, I like people. I work with people. But there's something about the season of Christmas and the, maybe it's your own expectations of what you place on yourself and, and all, all what happened. But friends, we need to find some stillness. One of the things my wife and I are endeavoring to reinstate in our lives is, we've talked about it months and months ago, and then we allowed ourselves to get busy, is that day of Sabbath. A day when you just take a day and rest, and think, and pray, and no chores, no work, no errands, just some time to recalibrate your spirit. Christmas can be that. It doesn't have to always be hectic. It doesn't have to all be running from one event to another event to another event. There can be those times we intentionally say, I need to stop and focus on who is my peace. It's a season of allowing God's peace to infiltrate our hearts and minds and just anticipate his coming again, but also anticipate his return one day. His return. 
What an appropriate time and season to recognize Jesus as our peace. Our world, our world is in a mess. There's all kinds of things going on, and, and they desperately need peace. And during this season, perhaps we can somehow demonstrate a little bit of him as our peace in those around us. I want to show, look at for a minute at some ways that peace manifests itself in our lives. First of all, we have to understand that we need to have peace with God. There's a bumper sticker that reads, in fact, some months or maybe it's been years ago now that we put on our church sign, N-O, no peace, or no God, no peace, N-O, peace. The other no, K-N-O-W, no God, and then K-N-O-W, peace. No God, no peace, no God, and no peace. You've probably seen it, maybe on bumper stickers, whatever. It can sound trite, it can sound like a cliche, but there's actually truth there. When we know God, we can experience peace because of who Christ is and what he did in coming to earth, living among us, dying on the cross, being resurrected from the dead, defeating sin and death. It's easy for us to associate his life and work on earth with salvation. But the Apostle Paul made an important note in Romans chapter 5. He said, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Jesus brings and allows us the peace with God, our creator, our first and greatest need and continuing need is peace with God. Our sin naturally separated us from God. From the time sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden, humans have been at odds with God. Our sin and his holiness are not compatible elements. They're not at peace. They're at conflict with each other. That's why no conflict on earth can compare to this need for peace between God and his creation. And when we believe in Jesus and accept his salvation and forgiveness, we are at peace with God. The barriers of conflict and sin are removed. We're right with him in unity, identity, and purpose. And the eternal peace with the creator is the greatest gift we can receive this season. You and I both, we all know that there are circumstances and things that people go through who don't know Jesus Christ as a personal savior, and they don't function well in it as well in it as a person who knows Jesus Christ personally. There's just a total different approach, different way, different things that happen. He is our peace, and there can be peace with God. Also, there can be peace within. As I mentioned earlier, there's so much to draw us or drag us away from the peace of Christ. But fortunately, God knows the unrest that we feel within ourselves. He made you. He made me. He knows what we're going through. He knows the circumstances and situations. He knows how it affects us. He knows our deepest thoughts. He knows our hurts, our joys, our desires. He knows our need for peace within. And he knows the broken world that surrounds us. And all the unrest clamoring around and against us. Paul offered these words in Philippians chapter 4. Verse chapter 4 and verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Let's read this one slow. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, 
by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What an amazing promise. Friends, I think maybe we just need to pause for a moment and, and just think about this. And many people in our world need peace. They'll even come in here to find it. But when we think of this for a moment, do not be anxious about anything. I think about that verse wondering, I wonder how many here this morning, you're anxious. It's not a sin to admit you're anxious. It's an emotion. It's a response to things going on in our life. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present, present your requests to God. <clears throat> and I wonder if we could just pause for a moment. You might say, Pastor, I don't need to know and hear things that are causing you to be anxious this morning. Maybe you're sensing some anxiety, some stress, some pressure with what's going on in life. There's no better place than with friends on a Sunday morning say, God, I need peace within. I need peace within. And I wonder if you'd be so bold this morning just to stand where you are and say, I need peace within this morning. And wherever you are, just, just stand. This is a This is a time where we can stand together, pray together, experience God together. I want others to take a moment and just look around and don't leave somebody standing alone. Just go over to them. Thank God for them. Ask God to minister his peace. So... Here's a time what we call the body, ministering to the body. So take a moment. And uh, others, friends, now don't leave anybody standing alone. This is not a time to be alone. We thank you, God. We thank you. We thank you, God. We thank you.
reminded of the song, Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace. Coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit, sweep over my soul. Peace, peace. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Maybe one of the things we should become more and more comfortable with is just these kind of moments to pause and just allow the Lord to minister through us in prayer, a hug, encouraging word to somebody else in the family of God. What a moment. Thank you for responding. God's peace transcends all understanding. It defies our world and our circumstances. It fills us with everything going on around us that is not conducive to peace. In other words, it shows itself most strongly in circumstances where peace just does not make sense. Maybe that's a tragedy or an illness or a conflict or a heartache. No matter how bad your situation, God is there with you, offering the gift of his peace that is stronger than whatever difficulty you face. And while this peace is calm and while this peace is restorative, it's also strong and active. The Bible says it has the power to guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's strong enough to defy our worst nightmare. I think one thing that's interesting about this verse is that we often take it as a type of formula. If we can just manage to pray and thank God and ask him about everything, then we'll get God's peace. While Paul was describing these actions as part of a practice of peace, we should remember that this is not an automatic formula. It's not you put in this and, you know, out of the vending machine. We have to remember that God gave the gift of peace in the form of a person. In the form of a person, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The verse just before this passage says in Philippians 4, 5 says, The Lord is near. He is our peace. It's not some formula. It's not if I just do all these things right, then I'm going to experience. No, he is my peace. Yes, I do come to him. I do come with prayer and I do come petition. I do come with thanksgiving. I do present my request, but he is my peace, not my formula, thinking I will get peace by that formula. He gave peace in the gift in the form of a person. Jesus' presence with us is the reason we do not need to be anxious. Not only peace with God, not only peace within, but how about peace to come? Peace to come. What about peace on the outside. What about the situations we can't change? What about the relationships that are broken? The chaos that we can't calm? The hurt we can't heal? The violence we can't understand? What do we do with the need for peace in our world? What do we do with the, the thoughts we have of if God is so powerful, if God is the God of peace, why is there all these things? This again is where we recognize the two-pronged nature of the Advent season. We wait for Christ's coming at Christmas. 
the same time we wait for his return, the peace that we long for in our world is the peace that is still to come. Friends, there will come a day when he will rule with a rod of iron. There will come a day when there will be peace. There will come a day when he, in fact, will demonstrate he's in charge. That final restoration promised. In the meantime, we wait with longing for the day when God's peace will reign in all the earth. Until then, we turn to the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples in John chapter 16. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Notice, in me you may have peace. Not necessarily in the government, politics, or some Nobel Peace Prize winner. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Now that's a surprise. In this world you will have trouble. No, it's not a surprise. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Pardon me. Again, we see God's recognition of the brokenness we live in and we live among. But he knows. He understands how and why we can become discouraged. But here he encourages us to remember the person of peace, the prince of peace. In him, we have and find and remember peace for our present and our future. There is a peace today and there is a complete peace that is yet to come. There's a peace that we can experience in the middle of all the turmoil and trouble but there is a future peace to come. But in the time between we trust in God's promise that he has indeed overcome the world. He still is in charge. Nothing is caught him by surprise. But there's this process to what Paul described in Philippians chapter 4. It's a continual returning and renewing with our Lord and our God. It's the deepening of our relationship with him. It shapes us. It holds us. It carries us to all that we are and all that we can experience because of him. Where is your chaos? Today, where is your chaos? Where is your warfare and your unrest? I want to encourage you that whatever your chaos is or whatever the spiritual battle you might be facing or whatever the unrest is that you're going through because of uncertainties and, and life and what's going on around us, let me encourage you that the Prince of Peace is greater than all those things. His peace is more powerful than all the chaos, more powerful than all the war, more powerful than all the unrest, more powerful than the anxiety. His peace, because he is peace. It's like when he walks into a situation, peace just walked in. When he walks into a a bit, bit of turmoil, peace just came in. It's when he comes into a situation of hatred and strife, love just walks in. When he comes, hope walks in. He is the greatest gift from our Heavenly Father for any circumstance we face. What's your chaos? Where is it you need to just say, Lord, I need you to walk into this circumstance and this situation because I'm not responding right. 
I'm anxious. What's your chaos? We celebrate the Advent season of waiting. I encourage us to recognize that we wait with longing for God's peace to be made perfect in our world. He will one day straighten everything out in this world. Don't you worry about that. But right now, he wants to walk into your personal life and be peace. And he wants you to exemplify his character and nature of peace. One of the greatest testimonies we as believers can have is in the midst of all the turmoil and the stuff we go through, if we can walk with peace. We're not, oh, you see, just, oh, no. I know we have our anxious moments. We all do. Don't beat yourself up for it. But let's remember and remind ourselves that he has promised to be my peace. I suppose every one of us in this room, in this last, for sure in this last year, we're almost done. We could probably list all kinds of things that have disturbed our personal peace. Some news we heard some incident, some circumstance, some relationship gone sideways, some whatever have disturbed our peace. But how many of you can say, yes, but I know he is my peace. I haven't always reacted as if he was, but he is my peace. He's that gift of peace. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 Now may the God of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with you. My prayer for us, friends, this Christmas season is a number of prayers, but this is one of them from this verse. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. The Lord be with all of you. I love that song. He's my peace. He's broken down every wall. He is my peace. Love that old hymn, peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit. I love these songs of peace because I need to be reminded that he's my peace. It's not my experience. It's not my my life story. It's not whatever. He is my peace. Because, friends, someday, some days, I want to just fight. I want to react. I want to... I just... Love those Christians who are just always at peace. Like most of you, you're just always at peace. What great testimonies of a relationship with Jesus Christ. But the closer we get to him, the more of his peace shines through our life. Father, I thank you for this body of people. People going through tremendous turmoil and stress. Father, I pray for my friend Dave Panor and his wife Albona. 
you know the health issues and the visits to emergency and all the things going on in their life. Father, I'm so glad for your peace, but I'm also so glad for your healing power to touch their bodies, their circumstance, and their situation. I thank you, Lord, for an anniversary that Carlos and Wanda can celebrate. I thank you for your peace in their lives. And and as they progressed more and more in you, I pray, God, your blessing would fill their home. I thank you, God, for people that stood here this morning who are saying, yes, they, they're anxious, there's things going on, and they need your peace. I thank you for others who stood and prayed with them, and I know, God, you're going to supply. I pray, God, that even as Roger and Megan have traveled a long ways from Argentina to come here, and a lot of things are different, and some experiences already that were not necessarily expected for sure, I pray your peace to fill them. I pray, God, as Arturo looks for another job, I pray your peace would so fill him that, God, you know exactly what you have in store for him. And others here, Lord, who perhaps are in the same circumstance and situation in needing employment, I pray, God, for the peace of God to fill them. And Lord, may you direct them and provide for their every need. Those who are in need of a healing touch in their body, Ron, who's at home today, and maybe others. Lord, we ask for the Prince of Peace, the healer, to come into their lives and physical beings. So, Lord, we pronounce shalom, peace, upon your people today. And, Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who is not yet at peace with God, who have not invited you into their life and asked you to forgive them of their sin and experience peace and the forgiveness of their sin, oh God, I pray that they would invite you into their life and ask you to forgive them. And may you indeed be the one who fills their life with peace. Throughout this season, Lord, I pray that we'll experience more and more of your peace. And let us choose, oh God, in each of these circumstances to say, Jesus, you're my peace. Be my peace in this circumstance. Be my peace in this situation. I need you. Help me, O God, that gift of peace whose name is Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance on you, and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. God bless you. Be a peace transmitter. Amen. And don't worry about that Christmas gift. You don't have to buy me one. No. Just teasing. Peace. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Amen.